Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline. And we're back in the book cave. We have with us today Grace the cat, Moose the dog, and our recording engineer, Tim. And today we will be talking about The Authenticity Project by Claire Pooley. And, you know, I really like this book. Um, It's one of those ones where it transfers back and forth between characters. So I'm going to start with Monica. So Monica owns a cafe. And uh, at the end of the night when she's cleaning up, she finds a journal. And uh, she tries to find who the owner is because somebody left it at the cafe and she can't find them. So she takes it home with her. And she decides to look through it. And um, the entry in there is about by someone named Julian. And he talks about uh, everybody leads a life that's not necessarily true. Or uh, everybody, you see people's lives and you you make a perception about them, but that's not really their true life. So he thinks if everybody just tells the truth about their life, um, then everybody would be happier or whatever. And so he writes in this journal. And so she reads that. And then she writes in the journal and passes it on to the next person or leaves it for the next person. And that kind of just continues to go and to go to go until and then they uh, all come together. Whoever wrote in the journal, all tie in together. And uh, it's a very good story. Did I sum that up yeah. pretty well. Yeah, because you, well, you, can't, you can't, can't do too much summary without giving it away. Right, so. right. So yeah. it was a good story. It yeah. was good. Um, and today's drink, we are sipping on <laughs> straight <laughs> Bailey's Irish cream to Kelly's chagrin. <laughs> right. Um, Julian, one of the main characters in the story, um, t- uses Bailey's every Friday to toast the memory of his wife. And um, in a neighborhood cemetery. And so Bailey's comes up quite often over the course of the story. So we are, well, Kelly's choking it down. I, well, like, <laughs> I like Bailey's. So. No, I don't mind it. It's yeah, just, it's, it's very fun. sweet. But it is a little bit like mm, chocolate milk. It's not, not bad. No, not bad. it's really cold. So that helps, I think, right. when, you, when you ice it down. So right. cheers to episode 12 right. and to Julian and his... Wife in the story. Right. right. So before we get into our talking points on the Authenticity Project, what are you reading, Kelly? Okay. So um, I just finished the, well, a week or two ago, the Downton Abbey Christmas Cookbook, which oh, is yeah. the blog post. That was so, that was such a beautiful book. Beautiful book. Um, I finished our next podcast Okay, book, which will identify later. So I just finished watching, well, we just finished watching uh, the Bridgerton series on Netflix. (laughs) So I decided I wanted to read book one. Where did you find it? It's on Hoopla. It is? It is. Oh, I didn't, okay, Uh, I didn't find it. Yeah, because it's hard to find. I'm going to go get it. So, yeah, it's on Hoopla, so I, it's like a fast read. But uh, I really enjoyed the series, and so I thought, okay, let's just check the book out, right? And it's a Regency romance novel, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, romance novels for me to read, they have to be spot on in dialogue and authenticity and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Otherwise, I cannot read them whatsoever. But this one, I have to tell you, is really, really good. And I actually like the book better than I did the series. Oh, that's good Though to know. I really like the series. Mm-hmm. but And I'm not going to go into spoilers if you haven't, but the book is 
very different and it gives more detail. Okay. Obviously. Obviously. So you get a more of a little bit of characterization. Okay. Is I, th- I think you can say this without giving too much of away. Is season one primarily like sourced from book one or does it carry over into other books? My From what I'm reading and I'm probably halfway through, um, it's it's uh, spot on. So what okay. if, if they go in. So there's like six books in the series, maybe. I think it's eight. I think it's one for each Bridgerton kid. Yes. Right. Yes, but there's some one-offs in there too. Okay. Um. So, yeah. Um. I think that if they continue this series on Netflix, the next book will be the next child. You know, yeah. it, which would be most likely Antony. And I think they still have not officially renewed it on Netflix. But okay. like, I, it's like the number but one. How could they not? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Netflix has a bad habit of right. canceling things after four seasons. Yeah. So I'm hoping that if they are going to continue, they figure out how to not miss out on any other kid yeah. stories. I guess. But I would highly recommend reading the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, bad librarian. I didn't check Hoopla, or maybe I did, and maybe I just missed it. I don't know, but I'll go find it. Yeah. Well, it's actually called The Duke and I. Yes. Okay. That I knew. That's the first one. I think I tried Libby, but okay. not, maybe not Hoopla. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what I'm reading right now. All right. So I just finished. I've had a not a very busy weekend, so I did a lot of reading this weekend. So I finished Una Out of Order, which oh, you had. I love that. Which one. you had written up on the blog. Though I didn't like her, but yeah. No, I agree. I. She, yeah, she was a character that was hard to love, Um, but I liked, I was intrigued how she was keeping everything, like, organized. The things she had to put in place in order to remember, like, the notes that were in her pocket and all that. But even the author, like, what what must her storyboard have looked like? Oh, right, (laughs) right. With (laughs) with all the lines and arrows and whatever. And so I was impressed with that. Um, I agree with you that the character wasn't my favorite, but I did like the story. Um, I finished Fortune and Glory, Tantalizing 27 for Stephanie Plum, um, which was kind of just more of the same. Yeah. But... um, but it only takes like two hours to read it. So right, I guess, exactly. <laughs> I can't give up on Stephanie now, 27 books in. So there's that. I thought felt she was a little closer to decision making. Yeah. To some degree. I think she's what? And I'm sure that this is by design. She's kind of being forced to make a decision now, right? Right. Like, right. Because eventually, yeah. Yeah. And then I just picked up, I finally got my hands on The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. And oh. I've been waiting on that one for a while. So I'm going to start that one this week. Um, I'm in the middle of our next podcast book, and I'm also, (laughs) for work, reading Emergent Strategy. Anyway, so that's what we're reading now. Oh, we should probably tell people what we're reading for the next pod. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let you say the title. (laughs) Okay. Oh, and okay. (laughs) Because I can't say it right. It's called The Little Book of Huga. By who is it? Uh, Meek, M-E-I-K. Okay. Wicking, W-I-K-I-N-G. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's what we're reading for the next pod. Um, So you can come back and listen to that one if you're interested in how uh, Danish people stay so happy, which is, you know, one of the world's best secrets, apparently. Right. So, okay. But on to the Authenticity Project. Three, two, one, spoilers. And here we go. Here we go. Okay. So here's how I'd like to start this. I want to start with Monica. Okay. Only because I feel that Monica ties everyone together. Yeah. She's the continuous thread. Yes. And and she was my favorite character, I think. No, actually Hazard was my favorite character. Okay. But um so I had a lot of admiration for Monica. She had a law career. Mm-hmm. She just she wasn't happy there. Um, so she wanted uh, a less stressful life, uh, not working 
24-7, but she really does in her cafe. So she opens this cafe. It's a coffee shop. And the beautiful thing about that coffee shop, it has a library area with bookshelves. I just wanted to go to it. I, I just wanted to go to that cafe. I did too. And hang out. Right. Um, but she's struggling because, you know, coffee shops, how much money can you make in a coffee shop? And, you know, <clears throat> it's personal touch and that's what she wanted and that you get your repeat customers and stuff. But really, you know, with all the overhead that you have, how much money can you really make? And that's what she's struggling with. Plus, she wants to have... um a husband and children and she doesn't have that and all her friends have that and she feels like she's kind of left behind in that mm-hmm. respect. So that's what she's searching for. Um can I jump in on that point yes. just for a second? So the other interesting bit about the husband and kids portion of this is she also feels a little bit guilty about that, right? Because her mother always insisted that this was not necessarily a life she had to pick. And she feels a little bit like she's doing a disservice to her mother by wanting to follow this path. So she's struggling with wanting to do it, but also she really wants to follow that timeline. So there's a lot of internal struggle going on with her narration. Right. And I also think, though, that like and I'm going to jump to one character. Uh (laughs) If you take Monica's wish for a husband and child and then you have Lizzie who has them both. Lizzie. Lizzie, the young mother. Alice? No. Oh, Alice. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. Or Alice. Yes. The young mother who's can't. Oh, right. She (laughs) thought that's what she wanted. Right. And And that's not what she's finding out that it's hard. Uh huh. Yeah. So you you take those two and you look at them side by side and you're like, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. But. Well, that that comparison that you're making right there is kind of like the biggest takeaway for me from this book was. In a book called The Authenticity Project, where the challenge was to write down your authentic story in this shared journal, and they've all had a chance to read it, Mm -hmm. they're still jumping to conclusions about the other people in this small group. Oh, absolutely. Like, even after they've... I mean, some of these people have written down their deepest, darkest secrets. But, you know, the funny thing is, is that Julian's never... So Okay, let's go to Julian. Yeah, go. Julian is... The old man who's in his 70s, 80s? Yeah, I think he's 80. 80. He's telling everyone he's in his 70s, but yes, it comes out that he's right. in his 80s. you're right. Yeah. Yes. Um, so he he started this. Right. And, um, and, and then he passed on. So Julian has never read anybody else's story. True. And Monica has only read Julian's story. Yep, so right. as you go, you know, if you're the last one to get the book, then you've read everyone's story. Yeah, that's but, true. But, you know, and that's one of the things I had written down. It's like, um, it, it's almost like, you sh- you know, some things should just stay in your head. Well, <laughs> and Monica's storyline is she's she spends the rest of the book like, why did I write this down yes. and, and share this with these complete strangers? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's. Yeah. So Julian starts this uh, little authenticity authenticity project and talks about his life and his Mary, his love of his life, Mary, who was his wife, but she died and he's been you know, uh, lonely ever since then. That's Julian's theme. He's lonely. Yep. Right. And yep. looking for friendship. So Monica reads that. So she decides that she's going to help. Yes. By the art class. Yep. Because Julian is a famous artist or was a famous artist mm-hmm. back in the day. And um, 
So she decides she's going to help him uh, be around people by offering art classes in her cafe, which benefits them both because her cafe becomes busier and um, and then he and they have this friendship. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was a that was a win win for, for Monica and Julian. So but then sort of by happy accident, the people who come to art class then all become friends. Right. But yeah, but somehow they've all written in the notebook, too. <laughs> well, right. So the next. So then. So it's Julian, then Monica. Mm hmm. And then Hazard. Yep. Yep. And Hazard is a drunk, uh, a drug addict mm -hmm. who re leads a very fast life and is pretty much on the road to death and destruction because he's like out of control. And uh, I found it so funny, though, that he he writes little notes to himself of the women that he has brings oh back gosh. when he's yes. like all high and stuff. Yeah. He he writes their names down on a piece of paper where, you know, he'll find it when he's sober so that when the woman is like in the next morning, he can say her name because he wouldn't. Hey, Brenda. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he finds a poster. Her name is Brenda. But you're right. Yeah. So he can, doesn't seem like such an ass. But um. <laughs> yeah, it's a good system for him. Right. I suppose. Yeah. So he writes in there that he's the next one to write there. And he pretty much writes, I'm a drug addict or mm -hmm. something like that. And uh, he goes off to a remote island in Vietnam. Right. Or yeah, Thailand. Thailand. I think it is some. I don't remember what. And he spends months there where he uh, meets Riley. Yep. And. Uh, but Hazard decides he's going to help. Oh. And I say help in quotes. <laughs> right. He's going to help Monica. Right. Because he's so he gets a hold of the notebook. He reads her story and he decides there's all kinds of tourists coming through this place. I'm going to find one and send them to her as like penance. Right, because he's been so selfish and wrapped, so he feels like he's going to do this nice thing. It's a good deed. Yeah, he's going to help her out. He's going to find her a husband. Redemption, I guess, is the word I'm right. looking for. He's going to find her a husband. Yeah, or somebody that she can, you know, have a life with. Or but whatever. all he has to go on is this like two paragraphs she wrote in the notebook, <laughs> right? <laughs> so he has a very specific perception of what she, you know who she is, right? And decides, yeah, that yeah, because all he ever, all he all he knows husband. is that she wants a husband and children. Yep, doesn't know what what kind of husband or nope. what personality. You nothing, know, nothing, just that that's well intentioned, he, poorly executed. Right. <laughs> so then he sends Riley his way, right? Because he gives the book to Riley. Riley's right, the next one, and so Riley reads it. And it was actually, Hazard actually mentioned Riley's name in his portion of the book, right? Yes. Yes. So, I think so. He, yes. So he knew that Riley was meant to go find, Riley knew that he was meant to go find Monica, which he does. Mm hmm. Which he does. And, uh, and the funny thing about Riley is he was like one of my favorite because he was just so amenable to anything. Yeah. He was, was just, happy go lucky. And, you know, he was from Australia. He's all smiley and stuff. And, um, when he got his turn to write in the book, he writes, and I wrote this down because I thought it was so funny. He talks about how no one sees him as serious because he smiles all the time. Yeah. And then and then Monica says to him at one point, life isn't as simple as gardening. And Riley says, isn't it, though? And I thought that's just the immaturity of Riley. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> And I was also struck by that. That statement by Riley, because 
I mean, purposefully or not, like, aren't we all guilty of making those kinds of assumptions about people? Like, I mean, I know I am. Like, oh, you think, absolutely. you know, you you get a, a first impression of somebody and, you know, for better or worse, that's not always the way they turn out to be. Right. But yeah, it's it's a little heartbreaking where he's like, I just want people to take me seriously. But you also don't want to break him. Like, you don't want him to stop being right happy and fun and right you know lighthearted and right i mean the good thing is is that so the other thing about monica she's very uptight she's got rules she's mm. got you know mm-hmm. she's disorderly she's this numbers person and here's riley this carefree person and i think if hazard i don't know if they he hazard realized that about i'm not sure that he would have sent riley but he was good for her because it made her stop and stop worrying about all the stuff that she was worrying about and just live for the day type of thing. Yep. She was really trying hard to do that because of him. So, it, I mean, it worked out. Yeah. But then Riley made kind of a critical mistake. Yes. In that he didn't tell Monica. That he knew all about her. That yes. he had read her story. Yes. Right. And I get that he didn't want to walk into the cafe that first time and be like, hey, girl, I read your story in this notebook. Right. <laughs> and you want to go out? <laughs> right. But like... Oh, yeah. yeah. It would be a little I mean, I I under I understand why she was so upset when she found out because he had all this he like he, he like he cheated. He had all this information right. on her. Right. But she didn't know anything about him. Right. So, right. and then and it felt like it was a setup. And so she was feeling like, you know, here I've been I've been putting all my my, you know, rigid plans and my my normal personality aside to just like have fun and maybe he didn't even really like me like maybe it was just an agreement that he would come here exactly which that i felt bad when that happened for both of them yeah because i don't think riley intended to make her upset no i did no that's not that wasn't in my opinion his personality at all but then there was uh so then riley writes in his section and passes it on to lizzie who well lizzie finds it alice alice sorry are you reading something with Lizzie in it right now? I don't know. I just keep thinking of Alice. Alice. Alice is the young mother who uh baby is what, not even a year old yet? Cries all the Yeah, no, she's still pretty little. Yeah. He. She? She. She. Yes. So she's struggling to become this uh good mother. Um she doesn't feel she's a good mother at all. Her husband is not supportive of her. Um they've both changed. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, they had this beautiful life before this baby and they, you know, as most people think, it doesn't change you, but it does. And um, and so they no longer have uh, her husband's no longer interested in her with this baby. He's not really interested in the baby. Right. Um, and so she's struggling. And so what she does is she is an influencer. <laughs> Right. On Instagram. Right. So she has to make sure that this baby is tidy all the time and stuff. And it's just not the reality of her life. No. So talk about authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so but all the pictures she posts are this beautiful life that she has and she's all made up and the baby's always perfectly dressed with the most beautiful outfits and that kind of stuff. But that's not her real life. She can barely get out of bed. She drinks a lot of wine. Mm-hmm. A lot of wine. Mm-hmm. She's another character for whom loneliness is yes a huge part of her existence. Yes, even though she's surrounded with a right. baby and a husband, right? Um, she, yeah, they don't pay any attention to her. Well, the husband doesn't. And um, but what I found about about Alice is that her wanting to help Riley with the gardening, 
right? Yeah. You know, I thought yep. that was like the sweetest thing ever. Mm-hmm. You know, like she needed all this help herself, mm-hmm. but she was uh, thinking about what she, what Riley read or wrote in the book. And he was a gardener. That was his passion. And so she found him a place where he could garden. Yeah. Which in turn helped Hazard. Right. And why do I feel like there was a third person involved in the garden? Uh, well, there was, but I think they were. Well, they the brought Austral- in Riley's roommates. Yes, that's yes, right. Okay, yes, yes, okay. His Australian roommates. Yes, yeah. yes. And from there, Lizzie writes in it. Alice. Alice. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Alan. It's the Al. <laughs> Alice writes in it. Alice. And um, and then Liz- Lizzie. This is where Lizzie comes in. Lizzie's the old woman. Oh, is okay. You're right. Yeah. Yes. See, this is why yes. I get a mix. Okay. Lizzie. Lizzie's okay. the old woman. And uh, she becomes a savior for Alice. Yes, but she also is the uh, was the catalyst for the whole blow up of she the whole group. Blows the authenticity project right out of the water. Right, right. Yeah. Because the twist of the story is, ta-da! Julian's wife is not dead. <laughs> she is very much alive, and in fact, walked out on him. Mm-hmm. Deservedly so. He. It turns out he was a terrible husband. He once he got famous, he really sort of thought the rules didn't apply to him anymore. Which, but in the very beginning of the book, we kind of knew that, right? Yes, because that's true. They were together in the very beginning of the book, like when he was reminiscing or talking mm-hmm. about his life. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, Mary just got tired of him, like running around on her and not like I don't know. He was treating her more like staff than he was a life partner, right. and so. He, I think, to, like, protect his ego, decides to tell everyone she's dead, while Mary has moved on and has set up a life, a, a lovely life, with another man, and um, they're perfectly fine, but somehow Lizzie knows that Mary is still alive. Because she did the research. Yeah, she looked her up yep. somehow, and... um not not some, not somehow. She looked her up on the internet. She did. <laughs> not somehow. She spent a she lot had some, of time doing that. She had some details and she found her via the internet. And then she fills in that portion of the Authenticity Project and then gets it to Mary. Mary. Yes. Who shows up at an art class. No, not the art class. At the community dinner or something like that. Yes. Yes. So she shows up at the cafe and blows up everyone's idea right. of what this project actually right. is. Right. Um, which I did not see coming. Oh, I didn't see that there one coming. There were a few points in the story that I was pretty proud that I predicted, but there that one I did not see coming. Yeah, because I didn't see that one either. He was pretty adamant that he that everything was like in Mary's memory, and they were. Oh, I know what it was. They were they were throwing a party on Mary's birthday. Oh, right. Or was to, it Julian? To cheer up birthday. Julian, I think it was. I think it was Mary's birthday. Oh, okay. And yes, you're right. To cheer Julian up. But by now, thanks to Alice and Riley, or Alice and Hazard, Julian's presence on social media has, like, skyrocketed. Right. (laughs) Because he has all this, like, vintage fashion, and people are loving it. And that's how we find out he's actually in his 80s and not his 70s. But, um... His and so he's sort of like his head swells a little bit again, right? And he's sort of like forgetting, and he's he's late to that very he's party. Very, yes, and then Mary shows up, and yes. everything just goes kaboom. Yeah. So and, and yeah, it it was not a happy happy party ending at all. No, and they didn't talk. For it was a while. while. It was a while before everyone came together again. Yeah. Um, I 
going to the things I predicted, I did predict that Mo- Monica and Hazard were going to hook up. Well, I kind of I figured that, that because I just thought that Riley is just not. Um, but, you know, the other blow up in the whole book, which mm-hmm. I don't know that we touched on, was when Hazard came back from the island and blew the whistle on Riley. Yes. And then took Monica to that wedding yes. and got hammered. Yes. Yes. And Riley had to come rescue them. Yes. It was a very, that was a very uncomfortable portion of the story. I thought all of Hazard's, even though he was like my favorite, because I thought he met well, but he's one of those people that always misses. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah, I thought his whole story was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Just because of him being high all the time and just doing this stupid stuff that. Very self-destructive. Yes, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I didn't see the ending coming. Wait, which part of the ending? The, the well, do you want me to just say? It? Yeah, well, because we've already <laughs> okay. spoiler okay. alerted everybody, so well, yeah, it's I didn't, fine. I didn't see Julian die. Oh, okay. Did you? Well, what I actually thought was going to happen was that that was going to bring everybody back together. Like, oh. I thought that was not, and it wound up being his birthday. I mean, his, everybody was at his birthday party, yes. and that was like the happy ending portion of the story. Right. Um. But I kind of thought something, maybe that not that he was going to die, but something tragic was going to happen and that everybody was going to go, oh, let's just overlook all this bad stuff and come together to help our friend or whatever. Right. So um, I guess I didn't see it because he died at the end of the party. Everybody had gone. Yeah. And, and they were like in the cemetery. In the he was in the cemetery. Were they in the cemetery I or the park? Remember. Some, I think it was the park. Okay. Because they, they had a party there. Yeah. And they were, we were sort of catching up with everybody in this portion of the book, right? We knew what was going on with Alice because she had left and gone to Lizzie. Right. <laughs> which was funny. <laughs> yes. Um so we knew you, I think this was sort of our way to like to do that time jump where we sort of saw where everybody's stories were going. The yeah, the wrap up type. Yeah. Yeah. So um and I do want to state a correction. I said in the last podcast that this book was based on the blog that the author had started. And I'm not exactly right. I think that there was a there she wrote the blog and then there was a more of like a diaries. biographical book. I think it was The Drinking yeah. Diaries or something like that. And then this one came. So apologies to Claire Pooley because I did have that mixed up. Yeah. But it, a, a lot of this stems from Claire's personal experience. She has a little bit of herself in each character, according to the author notes in the book. And um, so I'm glad she figured out a way to, maybe it's not quite as realistic as it could have been, but I was glad that everybody sort of had their moment, so we understood what they were all going to be. I mean, Riley was moving on to continue his travels. Right. And Monica and Hazard were going to make a go of it. And right. Alice had gotten out of her terrible living situation. and But then Julian died. But Julian so died. That's not, that's not the happiest. But you but, know what? I thought it was a very beautiful death. Yeah. I mean, I, agree. I, I, mean I didn't catch it until I thought, oh, he's having a heart attack. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like... You know, staring off at the beautiful sunset yep. or something like that, and the bright light in the sky, and yep. then this pain that yep. just, you know. I think maybe it was, but I just think it was one of those like fast well, ones. right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And in even in his death, there was a there was some contentment. He had he had made amends with Mary. He had brought the group back together, and so even though it's sad that he died, right, it still wasn't. He didn't die alone, right? Which I think was his. The whole reason he started the snowbook in the right, first place. Right, right, right. So I guess if you're going to, yeah. So it was, I, I liked it. I liked the, I, I did too. I, I liked the back and forth. Like, I liked the back and forth chapters. Mm-hmm. Like, every chapter is a different character and you pick up in there. I like that kind of book. Yeah. Um, There's not one 
omniscient narrator who right. is yeah giving you everything um you said that hazard was your favorite character mine actually was alice but it was because i like her story i guess struck me the most because we hear over and over and over and over like social media is a lie right oh, like right. it's it's great it's great for staying connected and for I'm not going to say for getting news because I don't know about that. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> no. Like for, you know, reaching out to people and things like that. But no one is putting the worst parts of their lives on social media. No. And it's and it has been proven and I don't have a study handy to quote, but I know that it's been shown that the more that you read social media, like the unhappier you can become. Because oh, absolutely. You're, you're only seeing the happy yeah, stuff right. from other people. Right. And, and you get you start to think. Am I the only one who doesn't have this going on all the time? But no one is posting 24-7, you know, what's happening in their right. lives. And, and Alice, that, that, those were her thoughts. Absolutely. But, but, you know, I thought those were Monica's thoughts, too, because she used to scroll through her friends on Facebook, and they were all married yep. with children, and she wasn't. And so it's that, you know, they have this, but I don't. But, yeah. Be careful what you wish for. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because, yeah, all Monica wants is a husband and a baby. And that's that's what Alice got. That but Alice was like, hmm. Yeah. This wasn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and I was glad that Lizzie, if I, am I correct in, in saying that Lizzie recognized um, postpartum in Alice? Yes. At the very yes. Where no one else t- did. Yes. And I'm glad that someone did because she... She needed help, but she didn't know how to ask for it. Right. And right. And so going back to they've written these deepest, darkest stories in this notebook. And so several of them have read it. But there's but still, you're right. Monica's looking at Alice going, well, what could she possibly, you know, she has everything I want. What could possibly be wrong? Right. Meanwhile, all Alice wants is five minutes of this baby not hanging on her. Did Monica ever go back and read the rest of the stories? I don't think so. Okay, I I can't. I thought maybe at the end she did. Maybe. Like, she got a hold of the book again or something. I honestly can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. So, but I did, I did like it. And I did, that was, I think that was the piece of it to me that, that kind of stood out the most was we, we think we know what's happening with other people, but we don't, we're only, we only know what people are showing us. And I think this was sort of a peek behind the curtain, fictional or not. It was still um, like a gentle reminder that, hey, like, you don't know what people are going through. Right. Remember that what they have may not be what, you know, what they're showing you or everything that's going on. And um, and I when I say that social media is a lie, like I, I use social media. I use it just like everybody else. I, I, I'm on it all the time. I, you know, I look at it, but I have caught myself like trying to remember that, like, hey, <laughs> even like on my worst days when you're looking at it and you're like, God, you know. Everything else is a hunky dory for everyone. It's I have to consciously remember that's not true that's necessarily, not true. and right. and um, and so I tend to be a little bit more of like a watcher on there than I am a poster, but um, which I hope doesn't sound creepy as it comes through <laughs> the podcast, but um, but it does it does make you think about what you're posting out there because it's you know you want to share good stuff, but also yeah, it's easy to forget that that's not everyone's life all the time we don't right. we're not all spending all of our time on facebook right. and instagram so, yeah and, the, and one thing that i wrote down um sense of community brings happiness which is a nice segue to the into next the little book of hookah <laughs> yes um because they yeah they're talking a lot so far about what that means 
in the in in Denmark specifically. Right, but right. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, so awesome. thumbs up on Authenticity Project yeah, for me. I I agree, absolutely. So all right, yeah, all right. So we'll be back. In two weeks, mm-hmm. with The Little Book of Huga by someone whose name I can't pronounce again. <laughs> Meek Wicking, W-I-K-I-N-G. Okay. All right. So if you guys want to read that and be ready for the next pod, you can do so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a short one. So it really is. Um, hopefully, you'll have a chance to take a look at it. In the meantime, we'll be posting content for you at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, and you can follow us on Facebook for automatic um, updates on there. You can... Get your Baileys out if you want. You know, I got to say, as much as I was like not going thinking I wasn't going to enjoy it, it's actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. I was thinking it had more of an alcohol taste like at the end when it finishes, but it really doesn't. No, it's pretty Mm -hmm. smooth. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. So so get your Baileys out if you want to sip along with something on the Authenticity Project. And we will see you back here for a discussion on the Little Book of Huga in two weeks. In the meantime, take care, be safe, and enjoy your reading. Cheers. Cheers.